1: What up, Player profile of Faithful? It's Matty Kiwum. Welcome to another episode of The Game Plan, baby. Everyone, please take a minute. Go ahead and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Smash that like button on this video and go ahead and get ready to leave some of them comments. Gang, whew. get ready for an extra, extra, extra special episode. A good friend of the old show is joining me once again, and we are talking about the NFL training camps and how you as a fantasy gamer can take advantage of some of that information to help you win in your league. So, ladies, gents, get out your pens and your pads and let's start game planning to dominate your leagues. Planners, today I am joined by my best bud in the fantasy community and one of my favorite dudes on the entire planet. You remember him from his days here at Player Profiler, but now you see him doing the dang thing over at our friends with Watch. My fellow executive, Cody Carpentier. What's up, big dog? Oh, what's up, brother?
2: What's up, brother? How are we doing? I just got my pen and my pad out. I'm just taking some notes from the uh, <laughs> intro over there. From the game plan, my brother, I appreciate you having me on. You know it. I just made my trek north from Charleston back to my home in Roanoke this morning. Maddie's like, yo, you want to jump on? I said, you heard that? I'm in. Always, you know it, Maddie. So I appreciate you.
1: Of course, brother. I mean, we talk all the time, whether it be about fantasy or whatever. But still, you're just doing such uh, in-depth boots on the ground work here over at roster watch. So why don't you tell the people listening now? People have checked into the game plan. This isn't his third time on the show, so you've heard about you know how long he's been playing. You've heard about you know how long he's been doing his certain strategies and all that stuff. But now we got to get caught up. Get caught up on Mr. Carpenter. Tell us everything you're doing over at roster watch right now, because you're killing it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Uh right now, I mean, the, the big thing is we got the
2: serious show on Saturday and Sunday from three o'clock to five o'clock on Sirius XM, channel eighty-seven. So after this, I gotta eat some lunch and then I'm gonna jump on the radio for a couple hours. Um, I'm doing mock draft shows uh, twice a week right now on roster watch on YouTube, working on the 2024 draft class, quarterback, running back, ridership receiver, tight ends right now. What I'm working on, of course, college football started today. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I just got done with my leg of the camp uh, training camp tour. I went and saw five teams as a, as a company. We went and saw 19 teams this year. So lots and lots of, of in-depth analysis that, you know, there's some things that even when you go to these camps, you learn that, are about other teams that you watch. So i go to a mm-hmm. Steelers camp, for example, and learn something about the Broncos because of conversations. And I think that it's immeasurable uh, it, to just the opportunity that you have to do things like that. And, and, of course, we've always talked about going to the draft, going to the combine, going to the senior bowl, going to the pro days. It, it's in that same loop, and, and that's kind of the, the main target of roster, watch is going to all these places, being mm-hmm. boots on the ground, traveling year-round to get the, the the in-depth stuff so that you can hear you know, why – X player is on the trade block mm-hmm. and nobody expects it or why this first round pick isn't starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everyone's like, well, but he's the best but it's a project, right? And why maybe you take a wide receiver four from one team instead of another team because you've been at both camps and you see how the teams are Mm -hmm. utilizing those guys. And maybe this guy over here is just getting juiced up on Twitter by all the fantasy analysis analysts because of their priors. And this guy's coming off an injury, but he looks twice as good. So that's kind of the entirety of the reason for going out to these is just getting that in-depth analysis that you can only get so much. And I, and I don't want to rag on reporters, but really, as a person on Twitter, if you're just sitting on Twitter and you're just soaking in what the reporters are giving you, if they're not the Nick Underhills, you're not going to get the most. Nick Underhill, mm-hmm. for me, is the top of the line uh, down there with the Saints. And if you're not him, it's tough to really get anything because when I go out to these camps and I see these guys, a lot of these reporters are working on you know the quarterback. It's like, what's the quarterback? He'll, he's eight yeah. for nine today. He's eight for nine. Oh, he threw a pick. Eight for nine, two through a pick. It's like, okay. Okay. That's baseline at best. That's, yes, that's literally yes. what that's baseline information. I want to know what the alignments are. I want to know how the splits are going at the running back position. I want to know, you know, how much that tight ends used outside versus inside. I want to know all these other things. How's the how, different alignments? You know, I'm looking at cornerbacks, offensive line, like I'm looking at everything. So it's just stuff that you literally cannot find on Twitter. Being mm-hmm. moved to the ground is just a different glimpse. And even though you're only there for a day or two at a time, it's a different glimpse, but long ass winded answer for you buddy but um that's kind of <laughs> what it was
1: well no the people want to hear it and i'm sure everyone over here that's rocking in this chat rocks with you at roster watch but just for those who don't always want to get you caught up because i mean that's what you made that's always what's made you such a special analyst for at the for football yeah you know, i know you kind of focus on fantasy but you're you know uh, ability to to watch it, dissect it, and present it to the rest of us has it, always been elite. So now being you know boots on the ground, doing it more often it was it was great when you were over here at Player Profiler. You did have the senior bowl, some of my favorite episodes were you guys live at Senior Bowl. The stuff that you can get from players and the the tidbits that you're able to mine out by being live there is 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 the best that's why i want John because i can't keep these secrets myself you know we have the executives over at patreon if you rock with us at patreon.com slash executives you might have known that Cody's been kind of telling me a little bit about these training camp news but I can't keep it all to myself. The planners out there also got to know a little bit about it. Now, we're not going to dive into all the weeds, but I do want to talk about what we we can gain as fantasy gamers in terms of watching, following, and breaking down training camp news. But before we get into that, sometimes training camp is just a little too obvious. Something comes out of training camps that is – right on the nose you know exactly what it means so but and that actually just happened right before we went live the raiders and josh jacobs found a resolution on a one-year 12 million dollar deal uh he will report uh asap he will be in uh for week one but real quick cody what does this mean for for him going forward for the las vegas raiders Hell of a savvy move on Josh
2: Jacobs' part, right? Just goes all the way through training camp. Doesn't got to report to the sixteen days that are the, the mandatory sixteen days for you know the team has. And then as soon as the, the kind of the media is going to disappear, and they're going to get down to the nitty gritty of getting into week one, and Josh gets his gets his twelve million dollar contract, a million more than Saquon. I'm sure uh, that rushing title last year had a little bit to do with that. Uh, but I, I, it's it's interesting. I don't know, this running back, this whole thing, this whole running back thing is kind of interesting to me. I did read a tweet a minute ago. It says, starting to feel like these one-year deals could be the norm and teams wanted to, to go on a one-year, year-by-year basis. Yeah. That is something, honestly, it's kind of weird now that you're reading it to be like, God, I haven't thought about that. But, like, what if that's what it is? What if it's now – These guys get drafted. And then after that, it's just automatically year, year, year. It makes sense from the running back position. When you're thinking about it from a a business standpoint, it's like, yeah, we'll pay you potentially get that number up. You know, potentially you're starting to pay these guys, you know, maybe 15 to 20 up into that higher tier, but it's going to be on a year by year basis because your health is the number one, you know, risk, I guess it's, it's interesting though. It's a, Big for Oakland or big for the Raiders. I had my projections come out on on uh, Patreon the other day about my projections as far as what uh, all these divisions would look like. And I believe the Raiders I had winning two games, two and 15. So right. I think maybe Jacobs adds maybe a game and a half to that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, him coming in is nice. It makes sense. I would recommend, though, if you haven't had your draft yet. Uh, what, I don't know if I'm gonna ride that wave because we're gonna see an AGP surge here between now and when everyone drafts either this weekend or next weekend. Uh, so I'm not necessarily hopping on that. What I am advising is, I believe there's going to be a two or three week uh, uh lull in his production, and he might just be sorely touchdown dependent. I mean, these guys, him, Jonathan Taylor, they didn't practice, they didn't get yeah. loose, they're not gonna be ready to rock. And coaches nowadays are you know they're they're more willing to use multiple running backs so why not ease these guys in where i love the talent of jacobs he's still only 25 uh you know he's one of those players i think you can kind of just hit your wag your your wagon to the to, to him and, and he could take you to the promise and he's always a top 15 top 12 running back uh but i don't i don't know if i would advise riding the surge that is going to happen in adp uh, on other hands i would probably play up to someone's potential skepticism and try to trade for him after a couple of potentially down weeks as they ease him in so that's just how i'm playing the, the the josh jacobs game
2: when you're drafting in seasonal so on our on our um ppr ultimate draft cheat sheet over at rosterwatch.com you can go find that at rosterwatch.com and there's just three simple rules to drafting and it's step-by-step it's the easiest thing in the world but we have him on the same line as garrett wilson so i'll just ask you that question we have him one spot ahead of jonathan taylor i think you take probably take him over taylor at this point not knowing where taylor plays
1: do i play jacobs over taylor um uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I, no i know i don't think i would you don't think oh, yeah. I think the, I think the landing spots for Taylor is going to be juicy, but I have the same. So you're not worried about his ankle. At all. I'm not really worried about his ankle now. OK,
2: OK, so the back to back, nonetheless, you think in your brain closely.
1: Yeah, he just, he's still got He's young, and I think a lot of these injuries are nagging because of the situation. Yeah. It's clearly ugly in Indianapolis, and now I think it's only a matter of time before they just take what they can get by Tuesday. And if it's the Dolphins, that's a great landing spot. If it's the Bears, I think that's a great landing spot. If it's the Eagles, that's a fantastic landing spot. So uh, I think that wherever he goes is going to be good, and what we've seen so far from Anthony Richardson all it also gets me excited if he just stays in Indianapolis. I think he's going to be good there. I think we've talked about it before. Uh, the way that he operates, Anthony Richardson is. I think that could be beneficial for the intensity, the pace of, of, of the offense, which is only going to help a guy who's so elite in John Jonathan Taylor. Where would you have him? Do would you have him ahead of Mixon, Jacobs? No, no, I didn't have. I didn't. I no ahead of Mixon, Henry. No, let me just look at it real quick before I just start spattering. I so it was Henry Jacobs Mixon in out of those three. Okay, and you have Taylor ahead of Henry then. And I have Taylor ahead of Henry, yes. Okay, I got you, I got you. All right. Yes. So that's Same redraft only. That's redraft, Yeah, oh. Yeah, yes, yeah. But uh, have you, you kind of touched upon it, so I kind of want to follow up on it real quick. The, the changing landscape of the running back position. Have you noticed uh, uh, any difference, live boots on the ground, about how these running backs might be training, being used in practice, that alludes to this trend just being that more solidified?
2: No, because like – so I'm in Carolina and I, and Miles Sanders just got that nice contract and he's going 50, 50 split with Chuba. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. So this means they like Chuba. And I talked to a couple of reporters and they're like, well, no, they're actually, they've talked about, um, they're doing that for load management. So that would go into that. Right. They want to keep him, you know, less tear wear and tear in the, in the camp and stuff. Right. And then I go to Pittsburgh and Najee is like 80, 20. Najee's just, you know, they're throwing screens to him in practice. Pittsburgh also practices with an entirely different intensity. That team's going to be good this year. And Najee, there's not a pound of bad weight on him. It's mm-hmm. kind of incredible. I've been out on Najee really for the majority of – Life, but
1: <laughs> I like. I, he looks good. So oh,
2: I like him this year. Yeah, don't so get I too go- much
1: into details. We're gonna get into this more uh, later in the show, so don't get too nitty gritty on the players um, and stuff. But, but okay, but, but overall story, thoughts.
2: You're, you're talking about the running back thing, though, but because then you go to like a different camp, like the Vikings. It's like 90-10. So yeah, what you're kind of expecting, I guess, from the from the work. Henry Henry was a two-one one. Henry got two carries, and then it was one-one. And that was so it's all different. And no, I I don't think anybody's attacking it the same. Um, when I saw the Jets, the Jets Brees Hall was not practicing, so it was tough to tell Delvin obviously wasn't there. So it's all different. I think it's all relative. All these guys, like Madison looked good, Najee looked Mm -hmm. good, Miles Sanders looked good, Chuba looked fine. He looked better in practice than he did in that game. Yeah. Of course, Taji, you know, all these guys, like they look fine. I, 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 I guess to answer your question, there's really not really an answer to it because mm-hmm. they're not really doing anything differently, I guess, in practice.
1: But I mean, now maybe you have a benchmark because we're seeing it happen in terms of the actions of the owners, actions of the GMs, and now it's trickling into practice. But now you have a benchmark going forward for next year and the year after we go. Yeah, this is serious. This is here to stay. This is the way they're going about the running backs. Uh, So I'm going to keep going. We're going to talk more about training camp news and how we can use it as fantasy gamers. But before we do, let's hear about the world famous draft kit here at Player Profiler. Hey, it's the
0: Podfather. I have great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights that give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features, I mean. Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioners section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, <laughs> it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it.
1: We're back here with the game plan, Maddie Keewum, joined by my fellow executive, Cody Carpentier. And we're talking about boots on the ground. I'm called it training a little bit too baseball boy over here, but training camp news around the league. Uh, I want to hear all about what you've been doing in terms of what you've seen, the de- the needy, the gritty, the info that we could potentially use to win in our fantasy leagues. But before you go, I want some big picture stuff. So in your opinion, Cody, let me ask you, should fantasy managers follow the news that come out of NFL training camps, whether it be through beat writers or someone like yourself, you know, fantasy analysts?
2: Yes and no. Sometimes you have to be able to weigh it to a certain extent, right? So I think one of the big things everyone learned this year was that there's a lot of golf carts uh at training camp, right? <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to be honest with you, the Panthers and the Jets practice I went to and the Panthers in general, they had like literally 18 golf carts running at all times. These guys barely walked to practice. They barely walked back from practice. And yeah. like at any point, anything happens and they got to take them away. Like, why would you make them walk 300 yards to go to the medical room? That's dumb. So, and it's like it's not always for you know a torn ACL. Sometimes it's for a cramp. Sometimes they got to piss. Sometimes they they got to like things happen. Okay, gotta take a quick dumpy. People just react so fast, and you know the accounts that do it, and then that's where they get the mega clicks. It's like oh, this guy just got carted off. So you gotta take that stuff with a grain of salt because people always react quick. That's the nature Mm -hmm. of the game, in what what this world is right now is just reaction. Bang, bang, bang. It's like oh, Derrick Henry, you know, got took it off of the car it's like well dude, nothing happened relax
1: right, uh, right the,
2: the other thing is kind of i mentioned earlier with like the reporters you'll figure out after a week of reporting who are the reporters you want to follow who are the ones you don't i think 32 team uh with 32 beat writers on twitter is a very good account to follow because they use specific people they they are pretty good at siphoning and digging through everybody's notes because when you go to these camps there's like 13, 14, 15 reporters, and they all have their different agendas. One of them wants to interview the fourth string tackle. The other one wants to interview a kid that's from the area. The other one wants to interview the tight end. The other one wants to just – five of them want to get the stats from the quarterback on the day. Not everybody's there to to, to analyze fantasy-centric dudes and opportunities that you are. So you kind of have to find those people. And so as a, as a fan, I guess I'd say just doing that finding and digging, it takes a little bit of work, but you got to figure it out. Like, all right, this analyst or this analyst or this reporter sucks. Mm -hmm. Don't mute him or block him, but just ignore it. Just don't follow him, whatever, whatever you got to do. That would be my biggest thing as far as like what trending not to look for and to what to look for, I guess is hopefully that answered the question.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think if you have your pens and your pads out, ladies and gents, then you yeah. can jot down those the Twitter handles that Cody's talking about and maybe some of the, the people also that he, he looks in and help you out with your own research. But yeah, it's a way that you could potentially get answers to some questions that you'd like answered uh, before you draft a particular player. So my next question is, what are some big-picture questions that can actually be answered by uh, beat writers, uh, fantasy analysts, the people who are watching the training camp and deciphering what they see, what are some of these big-picture questions that you think could be answered during training camp? I mean,
2: generalizations, right? Like, is this quarterback good? Is this quarterback bad? uh It is it is sometimes skewed, though. Like, sometimes you'll get those days where it's like, Brock Purdy threw four picks. It's like, yeah, okay, well, guess what? That happens, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo threw four picks back to back to back to back. Okay, that happens. Like, you have to also understand that these defenses are going against these offenses every single day. Like. Right. These assholes are going to jump routes because they know the route's coming, right? Like I saw this Byron Murphy play the other day when he picked off. I think he got in front of like Hollywood Brown, and
1: mm-hmm. everyone's
2: like, "Hollywood Brown's garbage." Byron Murphy, so good. it's like, okay. First off, joint practice. Secondly, Byron Murphy played for the Cardinals, and yep. I bet you a dollar these guys went against each other every day. And that's a one. That's one singular rep that you just watched. You have no idea if maybe. Hollywood Brown maybe tweaked his hamstring to play before that. You have no idea if that's a pl- if that's a route that he ran a ton or he runs a ton. Mm-hmm. And Byron just knows exactly how his hip drops in that certain situation. You have no idea. So right, stay, keep right. that one playing. Be like Hollywood Brown, dead, done, dropping down the rankings, forty spots, now drafting him. It's like okay, let's back up a step and let's just look at what the situation is right there. Mm-hmm. If he starts, which he should because he's healthy. That's a minimum of a 20% target share in that offense because there's nothing there besides Michael Wilson and a couple tight ends, literally. So that's like the big picture, just a generalization. Other mm-hmm. big picture things I guess I would say is just figuring out um, the pecking order in certain places where right. that's that, That's the real baseline stuff that you can definitely find on Twitter. The the things that I'm talking about are, are like the Hayden Hurst's of the world, the Kelvin Austin's of the world, the guys that nobody's talking about. Mm-hmm. That's, in-depth stuff the baseline stuff you know oh george pickens is great yes of course because everybody's got a, a video of george pickens making a catcher right a dude on his butt in practice um kenny pickett taking a half step up this year baseline things like this by you know bryce young's a dude like mm-hmm. that is very uh those are things you can trust when you see them come across Twitter because it's generally if, if every reporter is on the same page and you see seven different pittsburgh steel reporters coming out saying kenny pickett his arm mm-hmm. is stronger They probably saw him last year, so his arm is probably stronger. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. Uh, no, but I think that's something that I think our, you know the casual leagues can take and, and really benefit from because those big-picture questions are not always answered for everybody that plays in fantasy leagues. Not everyone that will be drafted in these next two weeks are pervy to the information that seems baseline to us. We've been following, following along since the end of the Super Bowl, so we've kind of been patching together these storylines, going through narratives, so we know this. But, I mean, not everyone does, and the baseline stuff, is something you can absolutely make a decision on, like helping helping someone grab Bryce Young uh, late as a QB2. It, it, maybe he ends up really balling out. You can trade the QB1 on their team. There's a lot that can happen from just knowing the baseline stuff. So I think that's just really lends to why it's important to follow along with the training camp news. Uh, but on the other side of that coin, though, Cody, and I'm sure you've come across a ton of this, you've kind of touched upon it so far as you've talked about the importance of training camp news. But what is, what is something that, comes out, right? Something that everyone's kind of talking about that seems like it's important, but deep down, you know, it's a fugaze. And how can people spot those type of fugaze uh, uh, takes claims, what have you news, droppings, whatever.
2: These are the tough ones. This is exactly what we we're talking about a minute ago, where it's like, it's easy to see that baseline stuff, but the in-depth things are things where you have to be boots on the ground or you have to have those conversations with, uh, reporters and people that are at the camps daily. Because I'll just start with Terrace Marshall for example. Terrace Marshall for example. Everybody loves Terrace Marshall. I had him as a top five wide receiver coming out because he projected well coming out of LSU, six foot three, two hundred five. He had the great wide receiver room there. He runs in the four mm-hmm. fours, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't do it to a top level though in college, and that's what everyone was projecting. Now he comes in here, and you have this thing called dog, right? Terrace Marshall doesn't have that when it comes to the on-field, you know, the tenacity that George Pickens plays with, and things like this. Doesn't have that, and that's his issue right now. Is he isn't, you know, getting ahead of these other guys. And as much as the reporters like him, and as much as the fans like him, as much as the fantasy analysts like him, the coaches might not. The coaches might be like, "Hey, this guy isn't it." And when you're watching things on Twitter, and the baseline tells you, "All right, you know, Terrence Marshall's working with the ones," or whatever, take it with a grain of salt. Also, and then you go and see. You know, some plays where he's going against air and he's making a one headed catch. Everybody saw that play. He was, yeah. the, you know, whatever, the deep crosser and the ball is thrown to him and he, he, nobody's on him. Throws his arm mm-hmm. up, catches the football. What? No, like, no. Then you hear for running with the first team. Then I go to the camp, right? Struggles to separate. He only runs a couple routes, some slants mm-hmm. and some deep crossers, and he's not with the first platoon. Jonathan Mingo is starting over him in the first platoon for every single snap for two practices. Right. And DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. He's working with the second platoon with Shai Smith and LaVisca. So that is the that's what I'm talking about is like those are things where the consensus would tell you Terrace Marshall's about to break out because Terrace mm-hmm. Marshall caught a football against air with one hand, and everybody's telling you that he's so good and he's gonna make that third year leap. I'm telling no. you right now, he's not even he's not starting over Jonathan Mingo. Everyone saw Mingo had a good game last night, but he wasn't playing over Mingo at all in practice. Mingo is the starting X receiver in Carolina period. Like that is the mm-hmm. simplest way of saying those are the things you need to be watching on Twitter. When it's like, eh, this is a guy we've seen not succeed. And he's not really doing like George Pickens things where he's making disgusting catches over people.
1: Right. right? And opposing teams in joint practices and f- getting balls
2: from the starting quarterback. And right. Everyone's blowing them up, and it's you know what I'm saying. Like there, you can just yeah. feel the different vibrations. But because Twitter moves so fast these days, it's really hard to
1: to keep people kind of reeled in, I guess so when the math ain't math and you got to do a little extra research because you were able to go to the camp so you were see you saw exactly the battles that were happening at camp and the vibes that were there but people who can't go to those camps that's when the the, the they should do what you talked about at the top of the show which is gather information find the beat writers that you trust find the fantasy analysts that you know were there all that good stuff and then you can form the, your own opinion and realize hey you know, all of a sudden, this guy's not the, the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two on a given offense. It's a straight-through gaze. He's a wide receiver four because when those reports come out, sometimes you know you could just go, if it walks like a duck, and it, it quacks like a duck, Cody's probably a duck, no? Not a chicken. <laughs> When the math ain't mathed, you know, so you got to do your research there. Uh, and that, and that's exactly how you do it. You find the fugues. And that's the tips that I wanted you on to tell all the planners here. Check it out that, you know, half the ha- half the people you used to are going to say all oh, training camp news is garbage. Half the people you're going to talk about is going to blow up all of the news that comes out of training camp. But you got to find the guys like Cody and find out the methods for yourself to kind of sift through all that stuff and kind of come out with your own little nuggets of gold. Now, you talked about at the top of the show, Cody. You've been a, a jet setting, okay? Like I said, we talk all the time so I know that you've been everywhere been, you've been everywhere. <laughs> I get aware. It. Get flying. Wow. Yeah, you have been on the road all over the place. So let's get into, you know, not all of the the nuances that you found Not You know, don't give away all your secrets and your nugs, but go ahead. Let's talk about it. So you have been to some training camps. So first and foremost, you were kind of mentioned it, but now let's lay it out. Who are the teams that you've seen in person, in the flesh?
2: All right. So I went to Carolina. I watched a Carolina single practice, and then I watched a Carolina joint with the Jets. Uh, the okay. one joint that they did have, and then I went up to Latrobe. Dude, I was looking for
1: you on Hard Knocks, bro. I was looking for you on Hard Knocks. I couldn't find. So
2: it. I took a screenshot, and I have a screenshot of I got a I got it. I got into like a top of like a a first down rollout seven on seven from Rogers to Ozama. Honest, honest <laughs> to God, I got we got one clip. I watched it just there, and I I'll, I'll show you right here right now. So here's the screenshot.
1: This okay. Let's do this. so. Good thing you're tuning in All on right. YouTube or Twitter or play a profile of Facebook because you're gonna get All to see right. this. Where are you? All Point Ozama right. He right here. Yeah. Right here.
2: Yeah. Right here. White hat, white shirt, khakis.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh my God. There we go. You You heard. heard.
2: So we we got 0.01 seconds on the fucking, uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're officially on hard knocks. That's on hard knocks
2: for like (laughs) 0.01 thing gone. Um, so yeah, so it was in at, at that practice, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers made it out to Latrobe. That one is a beautiful one to drive to. It's painful. Um, Vikings and Titans. I went the Vikings and Titans as well up in Minneapolis. And that was the five teams. So I saw Vikings, Titans, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and the Jets.
1: So right here in the chat, our man Sean's asking a quick question. What about Tank Dell? Is he running with the ones? What do you what have you heard about that?
2: Yes, he's the best receiver in Houston. Trash man. The trash man who will be live tomorrow on Sirius. I'm live today on Sirius from three to five. Trashman will be on tomorrow. He was at Houston camp and he said nobody can block Tank Dell. Nobody can defend Tank Dell. Uh, yeah. We knew this. We knew this at the Senior Bowl. We knew this. Coming Put out dudes on skates. Yeah, he. That was exactly what I said. This dude skates over the field. He's the best receiver at the freaking Senior Bowl. And Jaden mm-hmm. Reed is the Senior Bowl. Michael Wilson was there. And you know how much I love both those dudes. Yeah, Tank Dell was the best one there. He's just 160. What are we supposed to do with that? Like, it's either Cavante yeah. Turpin or Hollywood Brown. And that was what I said. And now... That's where we're sitting. We're sitting with uh, Hollywood Brown, T.Y. Hilton type of stuff. So, And C.J. Stroud, you know how accurate he is. It's Robert Woods. It's Robert Woods. It's Nico Collins. It's Tank Dell. It's Dalton Schultz. That's the four down there. And Xavier Hutchinson's working with the second team. But that's the receiving core. And if you do the math, this offensive line is going to be very, very, very good. They keep
1: bringing in guys, yeah. Minimum top ten, potentially
2: top six offensive line, I think and yeah there's depth there like it's going to be a you know are they going to win 10 games no they're going to win like 6 five or 6 oh, that's, that's better fun. than what people probably would think but they're going to be in a lot of games they're going to be in a ton of games and that's going to only help schultz it's going to help tank i think tank being good is going to help nico but nico's a guy that i've been in on before but i'm i just i'm not going to press that button again this year but tank mm-hmm. 100% answer your question
1: yeah, that was me a few minutes ago planting my flag again because I've been all over Tank. And admittingly so, it's because what you, know, you Matt, uh, Alex, all the guys that were down there in Mobile last year were talking about and what I was able to see. So not only can you use uh, these tips that we're offering up to cipher through Training Camp News, you can use it all throughout the offseason and do all that stuff. So let's start with the first place that you started at. When you talk about Carolina and New York, were you by any chance, this is your take here. Who is going to be the wide receiver one in New York after seeing them joint with the Panthers?
2: Garrett Wilson didn't practice that day. Uh, nor did Brees Hall, but Garrett Wilson is obviously the number one here. Uh, number two right now looks like Alan Lazard. Uh, Corey Davis was there. Nicole Hardman was there. Corey Davis retired. He didn't get a single yep. target that whole practice. Nicole Hardman didn't get a single target that whole practice. It was, you know, Gary Wilson's obvious, right? But he didn't practice that day. Alan Lazard had three out of six targets in the red zone, caught all three, touchdown.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's massive. He is a big, he's a unit, bro. When when we went to the combat a couple years ago, I've talked about this before on multiple shows, but Drake London, my big visual Drake was like, is Drake London Mike Evans or is he Slenderman? And he was Slenderman. Yeah. When you look at Alan Lazard, it's like, that dude is built like Mike Evans. He's jacked. Really? He's big. Like, that's a red zone target that I want. And you okay. obviously know the connection he already has with Raj. So, Raj brought him over. Yeah. To, to expect a six plus, maybe seven, maybe eight plus touchdown season for Ellen 1000%. I'm on board with that. Uh, Uzama sprinkled a little bit in there. I didn't really see a lot out of Conk Daddy um, or Ruckert or any of those other tight ends. So, there's a little bit of Uzama. You know, what was surprising was they did use Carter out of the backfield. The surprising one was literally Nick Bauden, who's a fullback. He hit Nick Bauden like four times on shallow, <laughs> shallow like dump offs or shallow yep. crossers out of the backfield. And I'm just like, you're kidding me, right? Like, you literally got, you know, I know McCall Hardman's not great, but he's fast. McCall Hardman, he runs a 4 3. You got Michael Carter coming out of your backfield. You got Lazard. You got these two tight ends. Corey Davis was on the field at that time. And he's like, nah, man, Nick Bauden. And he just gives it, just pelts him with the ball. And the dude just, You know, like I always think of Jimmy Klein saucer because I'm a Viking fan, but just puts that ball in his gut, two hands (laughs) over it, and then just like puts his helmet down into someone's chest. And I'm just like, cool, I got it. Um, But yeah, to, to, to backtrack, it's Garrett Wilson. And then I think the only other one you probably want is Alan Lazard in this offense at wide receiver.
1: Yeah, there's a scene in the latest Hard Knocks. I don't know if anyone hasn't seen episode three. I'm going to put out a little scene, but Randall Cobb is telling everybody that the fury of Rodgers is coming, and if you keep Dog. messing up in practice, he's going to let you have it. I believe that speech that was put on Hard Knocks was the final straw for Corey Davis going, you know what? I think, I think I'm think i done. I think I'm done. I think I'm going to walk away. I don't think this is for me right now. I don't want you, that hurricane on me all, all day, every day.
2: Dude, Rodgers, I was going to say that too. I miss, We're talking about receivers here, but Rodgers looked – Rogers looks exactly what you like. He he's pinpoint. He's, he's dialed. Right he's like it's it's not like he's like rejuvenated. He's just like he's just he's backing. been there
1: all off season. He's been playing. You know, like that was uh, you know from a Brady standpoint when I you know as a Patriot fan we knew the seasons that Brady was going to be that dude. It was the seasons <laughs> that he showed up and played all off season did not mess around. That's what Rogers has done now that he's in New York.
2: Can I show you guys a picture from that day that the Jets were at uh, Panthers for their um. Uh, joint practice. So this would have been Absolutely about not. exactly a week before, Absolutely not. Court, exactly I'm a week kidding. before, <laughs> Cor- exactly a week before Corey Davis retired. This is him entering the press conference, and he came in and he he wipes his face, and I caught this one perfectly. It's just kind of funny. I think and he's just like he's like oh shit. He just he, he came and goes ah it's just oh I I was like, this guy just, he's exhausted, but he looks good. That was a weird thing. And then he retired. But anyway,
1: for our podcast listeners, the picture of Corey Davis was him looking like he was saying, I'm done. Hands on the face, rubbed it right down his face. It's over for you, boy. I, I can't take this anymore. But yeah, he retires. I do want to ask you, though, a question about the Panthers. Is Bryce Young good enough to support this offense? So this is for our redraft people out there. Should they be messing with anyone in Carolina? Can Bryce Young make this offense noteworthy enough that we want its pieces or him also in fantasy?
2: I love uh, Bryce as a super flex QB, too. And love him as a QB three in superflex uh, if you can if you can get him there. But QB two, I would be I would be completely happy with having Bryce there. Uh, as far as weaponry in Carolina to depend on, Sanders has been a good cost the last couple months. But and and I think they're going to use him a bunch. But the 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 injury thing is just really just keeps on going. Hey. Hey, back of your head. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And yeah. And,
2: and Chuba's Chuba's fine, but Chuba just hasn't ever taken a step up. And he's getting to that point. He had the 2000 yard season in college. He's just he's got big calves, and that's about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just not not much there. Wide receiver, Mingo already supplanted Terrace Marshall at, at X. Uh, Thielen is a very good, very good coster. Now Thielen's gonna get peppered and i mean peppered, peppered. Yeah. and i know you know some people that play a profile are not fans of Thielen because he's old and shit but yeah he started late remember he didn't do nothing until he was 25 years old and he's on the same plan i've said this a hundred times he's on the same plan larry fitzgerald was chris carter was they work out they do the same regimens and that's larry fitzgerald played till he was what 37 36 he played so late
1: yeah he hovered
2: feeling has got at least i would say at least two years i think three years left in him of you know, quality, non-donkey football. And I think this year's cost, you have Bryce Young. He's super, super accurate. He's going to keep everything. I would say 85% of the footballs in Carolina are going to be within nine yards, eight yards of the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and that's Thielen's bread and butter. Chark just got injured last week, but Chark, Chark will get that occasional downfield work. Thielen, though, Thielen's going to get absolutely hammered. If you need to have him as your, you know, wide receiver five or six, I love that. I love that price for a guy that – in a pinch, you got to put him in there, and you think he's going to get seven targets at least in a given week, eight targets in a given week, because I think that's what he gets. Um, Hayden Hurst going to lead this team in targets, point blank, period. My rule in fantasy right now is if you don't get Darren Waller, you ship it to Boston, and you get Hayden Hurst in the last round or second to last round, whatever. He's going to lead this team in targets. He is this offense like he's the okay. bull in the china shop. It's him. He's the Uno. And so that's point blank. You know, really really nothing much to say after that. He kind of works in the same uh, area that Thielen does. Uh, He's a great, great security blanket plus a threat. And I think that that's only going to help this offense get better. The one dude that I have the most interest, not the most interest, but very much question. Okay. Is I heard these LaVisca Chanel things, right? And everybody loves LaVisca Chanel. And this (laughs) dude practices the first day when it's a solo practice. And he's working mostly with the second platoon. And then the jets come, and this guy's got on a uh, pit boss. Pit bosses, what is it called? Pit pit vipers. The pit boss, pit like, pit like the like the
1: riffraff glasses. Yeah. yeah, he's
2: got the riffraffs on. He's got a full. Again, it's like ninety seven degrees in Spartanburg, Carolina. He's got like the whole um, the whole. Yes, those. He's got the whole like. Uh, snow snow snowmobile garb on where you can only only part of his skin showing is right here yeah, yeah. and, then he's, got the, and then he's got the pit vipers on top of it braids hanging out like he's like he he's walking around he's the dude like they and they all respect him it's really weird because you wouldn't expect that from a guy that hasn't really like busted. Done anything you know, went for yeah. two racks you know 1500 whatever so then there's this conversation and i'm like what is the deal with lavisca Chanel? and they're like they got some packages for him, and I'm like, "What do you mean they got packages for him? Dude's not doing anything." And then you see yeah. like all these preseason games; he's not doing anything. He's literally right. on the sideline in the street clothes. What are they doing with LaVisca Chenault? It's a it's a massive question right now that I have for Carolina. And there's murmurs of like he's that dude. Also, like they have him going to be working as RB two B. Like it's gonna be Miles Sanders, and it's gonna be so Chuba, the Debo Chuba, thing. Chuba I slash LaVisca. Year. Chuba slash LaVisca, like, that's the running back, too. It's Chuba slash LaVisca. It's not Chuba. Like, there's murmurs of that, the real ones. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. I don't want to draft that, but I also want to draft that in every single draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's, he's free.
1: But oh, he's free 99, 100%. He's
2: free 99, and they even pay you to take him. And it's like... Wh- you know what i'm saying like that's that's the things that i'm that's the things that i'm trying to figure out everyone else was like trying to figure out like Terrace marshall and shit i'm trying to be like bro i think Lavisca might be better than terris marshall this year
1: that's a good pull that's but it makes
2: pull. it doesn't make any sense though right because it makes sense but also doesn't because we haven't really seen him stick to a spot the one thing frank Reich did say we're talking about wide receivers and, and receivers in this offense he said there is no wide receiver one in this offense and every single play of the game We'll have a different wide receiver one. Every single formation has a different wide receiver one. Every single route has a route concept has a different wide receiver one. He said that. So it's yeah. like okay. So certain plays will have Mingo. Certain plays will be her. Certain plays will be do. Is there certain plays that are just straight up Lavisca plays like that are routes or is it going to be mostly handoffs on the backfield? uh, You know, jet sweeps. Uh, you know, just shit underneath. Like, is that what it is or are we talking like we're going to be forming this offense to him? I don't know. And, and I don't know that's my biggest question. I couldn't really get a full
1: answer on him because he didn't get to see him. Right. And you didn't see it. And we and we haven't seen it, but you know it's there. And that's why you know area. that and that's also him. just why it's good to have to, to be able to go there is because you can now hear these things and at least you're not you're not having to take on any risk. This is a long shot, and there's not precedent with this coaching staff, but there's kind of precedent with this team. I remember a couple of years ago, Curtis Samuel all of a sudden. You know, with McCaffrey healthy, with their weapons healthy, was that's just catching touchdowns, and he was just in the that's backfield, kind of like, what the hell? I know that was um what's his face that's that's over in Nebraska now? Uh Matt, what's his face? Rule Rule, Matt Rule. That was kind of his offense. Uh and a little bit of uh Ron Rivera even did some of that too uh beforehand. I know it's a totally new coaching staff, but it's possible that that could be there. But our man Harry Snowman in the chat brought it up. I brought it up in the chat. I brought it on the screen. I just want to just clarify. Hayden Hurst is going to be the most targeted receiver in Carolina.
2: Double H's, baby. Double H's. Ooh. Not even a question. I'm not even not even a question right now.
1: That is full on send in terms of uh, your, your redraft league. So you can just wait till the end. So that's something I'm going to take. Let's move on to the next camp that you saw. This is the Titans Vikings, right? Uh, Pittsburgh. I went to Pittsburgh. Okay, so okay. let's talk Pittsburgh. about Pittsburgh. This is where I was very excited to talk to you, okay? okay. Uh, because what do you the, the Jalen Warren hype is at its 99th percentile. It is at max. It is the beat red thermometer just going about to burst. But what you saw at Steelers camp paints a different picture. So wh- who, what should we should be doing with Najee? Has you touched upon the top of the show, but I want you to talk about it here. I love me some
2: Najee Harris, and I told you before, dude, I've never liked Najee Harris in my life, and mm-hmm. I like him. And And I say that, and it's like, I know I don't hate him. I just – as far as liking him in fantasy, but –
1: His cost Najee, is always high. First his round cost draft is always day.
2: high, and he, ne- he mm-hmm. never knew – ne- I wasn't dependent on it. And I, and I think this year, this offseason, it's pretty apparent. It's pretty obvious that this offense is shifting more towards the pass. And you go there, you watch it, you talk to people, and I said, okay – Paint paint the picture for me. Is it moving to pass? Are we getting a five to eight percent increase in pass versus run? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then and then I see two, two, two plays, two out of like four plays. The first one, it's a 45 yard zone, Najee house. Mm-hmm. The like the third or fourth play, it's Najee screen pass, 45 yards, house. And I'm like, all right, cool. And now again, everyone's like, they weren't playing against air, they weren't playing thud. Well, it was thud plus and so pittsburgh plays that way that's like when they warm up <laughs> it's not like it's not two-hand touch if you play two-hand touch you're getting you're getting pulled you're getting yanked it's like you know stop is stop guy in his tracks and then let him continue and you know you know how they do that like they yeah, finish so, every yeah, play yeah, yeah it's it's stop his yeah. tracks and then let him finish nobody even like it was boom dialed perfect every time mm-hmm. and it, this is just his football team too it, it's it's I love Jalen Warren. Don't get me wrong. But Jalen Warren, he, he didn't do anything at Utah State. He didn't do anything in JUCO. He goes to Oklahoma State. Has one good year. Now he comes here. He's going to be a very, 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 very good running back, too. But very valuable
1: handcuff.
2: Very, very, very valuable hand I've also seen some comps to the Tony Pollard situation. Not the same. He's going to be valuable. Not the same. Anthony McFarlane's there. Anthony McFarlane's healthy. And they love Anthony McFarlane. Dude's got the juice. Respect it. All right? Mm-hmm. Connor Hayward, also there the the fullback slash tight end. They love him playing him him out wide – sorry, not wide, in the slot, playing him out running back, et cetera, et cetera. Again, Warren is very good, but he's not a guy that's going to get 25 touches the minute Najee gets hurt or if he does get hurt. This is Najee's football team, and Najee's going to get worked. He's going to get – 18 to 23 carries a game, maybe more, depending. And he's going to get the four to six targets 100%. I'm 100% believe in that. And my big question for people that are completely in on Jalen Warren and out on Najee Harris why mm-hmm. are you so in on Travis Etienne when Tank Bigsby's there? Because Tank Bigsby is better than Jalen Warren.
1: Yes, right? I agree with that.
2: And Tyja Spears is as good as Tank Bigsby, and I would argue better than Jalen Warren. Derrick Henry's mm-hmm. right there, right? A lot of these backfields have situations like that, but they choose this backfield because Jalen Warren runs like Austin Eckler and he looks good. But you forget, everybody loves, like I said, everybody loves Terrace Marshall in yep. Carolina, except for who? The coaching staff. The coach, and that's yep. what matters. And everybody in Pittsburgh loves Jalen Warren. But guess who loves Najee Harris more? The Mike coaching Tomlin. staff, yeah, and that's what matters because they're gonna. And you say, Well, they're gonna run him into the ground, yeah. So, what they might run him into the ground, but right now, his cost is as valuable as that of Josh Jacobs in 2022. And what did Josh Jacobs just do? He just led the league in rushing right. and got fat paid
1: 12 like, years over it, one year. I mean, 12 million over one year, 12, 12 12 12, <laughs> 12 years over one million. That's a little
2: different, donkey, son. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the point. I think he's a very good value right now. I, my, my question, my comeback is literally just okay, we're drafting these other cats way ahead, but their backups are better than Najee's backup, right? You you, you kind of follow that trek there, 100%.
1: It's if you're going to sniff backfields and backups in those backfields, you should be sniffing on the back, them all equally or economically correct. Yeah, look,
2: look across the fields, and they'll just be like, oh, I like this dude, so guess what, his starter. Yeah, he maybe had a couple bad games. He's gotten injured. He sucks. Okay. Well, if you're doing that math, then you should be all over Chuba. You should be all over Tank Bigsby. You should be all over Tyger Spears. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be all over Tyler Algier. You, uh, you want some Josh Kelly? You
1: want me to say you want some Josh Kelly too? It's all like, the same, is what you're saying. It's all kind of of that same cloth.
2: Just understand what the NFL is moving towards. You're seeing it in the contracts. It's not, we're not going to get. You know, And again, I'm saying Najee's going to be good, but Najee might not. He's probably not going to get 300 this year. That's fine. But it's it's all relative because the workloads are all coming down for all the big dogs, and the backups are getting more work, and everyone gets hurt. It all happens, but I think the the respect just needs to be brought and across all running
1: backs. You know what I'm saying? I hear exactly what you're saying. And I'm also picking up what you're putting down with Najee Harris uh, because the Jalen Warren hype, I've always found it to be a little bit crazy. Because he's not a particularly big, like, good athlete. Uh, I know he had a sixty-two-yard six touchdown run the other night, and he looks good in, pra- in spring. Oh, in training camp and preseason. But it just feels like Najee's a guy who's been, you know, a thousand yard rusher each of his two seasons in the NFL. He's been a 13 or more points per game uh, starter each of the last two years. And even so, when you look at, you know, I know it feels like he's much, much older than a Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren is only six months younger than Najee Harris. Najee Harris is uh, four months into his 25th year where Jalen Warren's in his eighth month of his 24th year. So that's a, uh, I'm not really great at math and mathing, but I'm pretty sure it's only six months different. So to me, me, Najee's at a crazy value right now. And last year with a busted foot in a down season by all accounts, he was still a top 20 running back on a points per game basis. And if this offense is gonna hum, like you said, it's time to start thinking about you know these guys being hitting a little bit more of their ceiling outcomes than their floors, which uh is why You've been so high on George Pickens and I'm being forced to come around George Pickens. I've always been high on Deontay Johnson. Uh, but the reason I'm being forced to be higher on these guys is not necessarily their skill set, but the skill set of their quarterback. How did Kenny Pickett look in person? Because he looks fantastic on the TV. I would say he hasn't he didn't
2: look as good in practice as he has in these games, which is okay. fine because I kinda like yeah. that, right? I, I wanted I wanted to be good in, in games. We'll talk zone. about We'll talk about Ty Chandler in a minute. He kind of has the same situation as Pickens, where to me it looked like he took a half step up. You know, he's pushing the ball a little bit more, the arm's a little bit stronger, but there it, there were still some inaccuracies down in the red zone. There's still some inaccuracies in certain situations as far as where the routes are are leading mm-hmm. and ending up and things like that in practice. Now when the lights came on, he torched every player. He threw the ball against like it wasn't even. It was everybody right. saw that. But so Pickens or sorry, Pickett. I like him. I like him in the same realm as as Bryce Young. I have Pickett just ahead of Bryce Young. I like them both in that Superflex QB2 spot. Uh, Do I think Pickett can take that step up to the, you know, everyone's, well, is he going to take, I think I saw this tweet like a month ago. It was like, is he going to take that second second jump like Josh Allen did? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Do I need to be blunt about it? No. But he's going to take a jump up. Like he's going to jump into,
1: I think he can jump, you know, past Carr. I think, and I think, he, Ooh, see, that's kind of the range that would now have to get me excited about Kenny Pickett. Cause I think I'm he can excited about the cousins. I think he can potentially get the cousins, but so now you only, got, now you have me intrigued, Mr. Cook, I think we're like, I think we're like two years away the from that hands? respect level. I think
2: we're about two years away from that respect level. I think for me, two years. Okay. But it's there. I think it is there a hundred percent.
1: Now, have you seen, uh, or, or is there any busts? You've talked about a couple of sleepers here out of these camps. Name me a bust from the Steelers uh, practice that you saw. Um, everyone
2: everyone wants to love darnell washington he's massive mm-hmm. you know but all i really saw was red zone opportunities and i'm still worried about his left leg um i'm just never gonna it's gonna be one of those guys i just never draft because of mm-hmm. certain certain things right and swift is one of those guys i came around on swift this year i actually mm-hmm. like swift this year but it's it's just gonna be one of those guys I just don't draft because I don't think his role can grow enough in the receiving game. I think he gets stuck too much. Like, remember, like, Ladarius Green? Ladarius yes. Green was a guy, a guy that, you know, was like, oh, this is sleeper this year. It's like, you go catch yep. seven touchdowns. yeah. But he, and
1: then Gates left her, and he didn't do nothing.
2: He's in there to run block, bro. Like, mm-hmm. his ceiling is like a, a, a mild Jared Cook, in my opinion. Like, yeah, he's big as hell, but he's a really good blocker and he can catch some of those balls, but he's just not. You're never going to get a gronk. You're never going to get anything like never like I shouldn't even mention that name in the same time
1: <laughs> never face. gonna get that you Son know people
2: want that because of the athleticism and the size yeah. and all this shit but I'm and the I, ceiling. I, don't, I don't know nothing about his health but I'm just telling you I'm worried about his left leg I'm gonna continue to say that I've been saying it since that pro day and before that like he just something ain't right I'm gonna leave it at that it is what it is Tardell Washington's a guy completely fading. I just did a rookie draft last week. Didn't take him. Mm-hmm. People might be doing those rookie drafts still for Dynasty this year, close to the year. I know what happens. Don't take him. I'm not taking him. Uh, wide receiver, Frymuth's great in the third and eighths. P- Allen Robinson, he's fine. Don't draft him, but he's fine. Yeah. Like, he's going to be a really good football player in the NFL. To this, this team good. But as far as fantasy goes, like you know better. Don't do it. Just you know better, period. Um, Deontay's really good. We mm-hmm. talked about him before on the on the executives on patreon.com, forward for slash executives. We talked about Deontay Johnson. You talk about Pickens. Pickens is making that big leap this year. He's going to be a, a 11, 11, 5 maybe twelve hundred yard receiver. I would say. Jeez. I would say. So 11, do you 11, think five. a two
1: one thousand yard receivers are possible, or is Deontay not going to a rack? Uh, I don't think. He,
2: I think they're both good enough to do it, but they're going to both pinch a rack. Like they're not going to blow through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's going to be like eleven five and.
1: So there's twenty two hundred yards they can divvy it up as they will. Bingo. Yeah, because yeah.
2: I think you still got with there. Like I said, I think Robinson's going to get enough, and then and then you got the guy you should be talking about as the wide receiver four, and it's clear cut. It's like one, two, three, four, and then it's like Grand Canyon. <laughs> I don't see a wide receiver five on the roster. Like that's the type of situation. It's like, really? My, you know who it is. I think it's Miles Boykin right now. Like I, no unless kidding. they unless they added somebody in the last week. I want to I say it's Miles Boykin because um, I thought it was going to be Cody White after practice. Mm-hmm. Cody White had great practices. Oh, sorry. It's Olszewski. It's Gunnar Olszewski. My bad. Oh, former uh, coach, But He does really not do anything. Teams. He just plays yeah. special teams, though. Like, he's, he he's, special he's, teams, yeah. They love him, dude. He's awesome. Bemidji State, stand up. Um, They love him. <laughs> <laughs> that's in Minnesota Shout for out. those. that Shout out to all good. those
1: Bemidji State fans that we have at the gate plan
2: that's in, that's, in, that's in Minnesota for those that are geographically challenged. Um, but then it's literally Miles Boykin and Des Fitzpatrick. Like, get out of here, brother. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Calvin, Calvin Austin.
1: That's the name. The that's the name to remember.
2: Wide receiver four. Like, that's the guy I'm buying in Dynasty right now. They're using him as the punt returner. You saw him. You saw the jitters last night the punt return. I talked about Mm -hmm. this on a couple weeks ago after I came back from camp. Like the jitters, the jives, the juice—it's all there for Calvin Austin. And he Mm -hmm. had the foot injury last year. It took him out early. People forgot about him. And I got to stand on the sideline right next to him. I probably got a picture. If you want me to pull it up, of Calvin Austin, (laughs) his calves, (laughs) his ankles. Like I look at that shit. I look at his. Passed the eye test, Tom. I look at his knees. I look at his hamstrings. See how the like you know you when you get hurt
1: checking out those dudes i need the dude report
2: you know what i'm saying bro like when when you get hurt (laughs) and you can't do shit for six months ray g i don't know if ray g's listening or not but ray g had the achilles injury and he couldn't do anything and you get atrophy that's straight up normal and so kelvin austin what i was looking for was like is this dude's Back to hell. Calves, calves, ankles, knees—is everything in line? Is everything normal? And everything's dialed, brother. No <laughs> braces, no tape, nothing. And he's just out there, just giving to his work. And like I, I said, Tyler Lockett—like that's what he looks like right now. As far as mm-hmm. like, not saying he's going to be Tyler Lockett this year. Don't He has a way. He has ascending roles. That is in his range of outcomes. Tyler Lockett is in his range of outcomes. He his range of outcomes are take over Allen Robinson as wide receiver three and. You know, Deontay gets hurt, bring the juice. Deontay moves on. Or moves yeah. on. Like, we've seen this offense do this year after year after year after decade after decade, right? And it's bringing <laughs> a guy in the mid-rounds. A couple years later, all of a sudden, he's the top dog in the offense. And it's like, could you say two years from now it's Pickens in Austin? Yes, I can see that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Yes, 100%. I'm, I'm all in on, on buying tel- Kelvin Austin right now. And, and if people want to talk about Terrace Marshall, this is my go to right now. Hey, what do you think about Terrace Marshall? I'm going to say, uh, what, what do you think about Kelvin Austin? Because I don't care about Terrace Marshall. I'm out. I'm, He's done. A duncy. Let's, I'm done with what right. I'm done with. Planners, Bateman, take a minute. Bateman, here's your thing. Done with Bateman. Check. Four strikes, you're out. Terrace Marshall, three strikes. I ain't giving him a four strike. Three strikes, you're out. Like, talk about Kelvin Austin. Stop talking about Terrace Marshall.
1: Okay, planners, take a minute here. Let's just take our hands, put our faith of Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, and just let's just wipe our hands clean. Cody is right here, right now, in the game plan, saying, "Be done with these guys. Be more you. into a Calvin Austin." And I do uh, I, that. You know, there are certain players in the NFL that if you draw me a comparison. <laughs> There's there it is. crumple up the piece of paper, throw it away, have the ceremony. It's done. So, but there are certain players that if you tell me there's 75 percentile traits, similar traits between these two players, it's going to get my attention. And one of those players is Tyler Lockett, because Tyler Lockett, you know, I've been playing fantasy football long enough to remember three years it took him to really hit the scene. He didn't average double-digit fantasy points until his fourth year in the league, 2018. Um, he is a little bigger than Calvin uh, Austin, but Austin is probably a little faster, a little bit better athlete. Um so and, and could he gain the 12-pound difference in terms of these next few years? I'm talking about Calvin Austin. Yeah. So that would put him closer to that title locket range. So uh, given the price that it's going to cost to get into the Calvin Austin business, uh, you've definitely swayed me. I will be definitely putting out some feelers for Mr. Calvin Austin because I could see a trajectory that now I'm, I'm into. So we've talked. we've talked about the first two camps that you attended. Now let's talk about the third one, the one that hits home for you because it was right in your backyard here at home. Uh, when you were in Minnesota, you and our boy Tiger, your brother, shout out T, what up? You guys attended Vikings camp. You know, he's not to... watching, he don't watch. No, shit. no, it's on a Saturday, too. My boy's out there shit, buying bro. 1972 mega boxes from yard sales, <laughs> getting ready to crack those things open, hoping for a little, a uh, little card action. So, shout out to you, Tiger. But, uh, you guys went to Vikings Titans, uh, joint practices in Minnesota. The first place I want to start is Tennessee. Uh, are we done with this offense other than Derrick Henry? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because this offensive
2: line is so bad. That's where and I was then, gonna go. With this is it,
1: yes. How's the offensive line? How bad is it?
2: Not good. It's not good. This because this Vikings defensive line is not the best. Like they mm-hmm. got they paid the neo, they got Marcus Davenport, but it's not the best defensive. It's good. Don't get me wrong, but when they got they got hogwashed. Even the vice versa, the 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 Titans' D line gave the Vikings' offensive line that work too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you know what you know what makes me one thought that I did have though was like as good as this Titans' defense is and defensive line is, I think that there can definitely be a growth factor in this Tennessee offensive line. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know, but I like Henry because I. Trust Henry and the workload. Again, That after that practice, they went and had a game against the Vikings, and mm-hmm. they put like – I think it was like literally – was it – I don't I don't want to misspeak. Was it 280? Did they put 280 on them on rushing?
1: The, yeah. I mean, they put on – I think, what was it? Chester had 90. Spears had that 60 or 70. And then even and a third had the Willis. 80 90 points. Willis. Willis, yeah. Willis, that's right. The quarterback. They yeah, put that work on them. He yeah, 98, 98, 91,
2: 57. Jock Patrick had 29. It was literally like 280, 290. So yeah. like they, they can do that. And that's their offense and still throw the ball 17 times. And like instead of Chestnut and Spears getting 13-7, Patrick getting eight, that's 29 carries amongst those guys. Mm-hmm. And that went for 180. Plus you had Willis, who you're not generally gonna have because you're gonna have Tannehill. Though Willis has looked all right, though, huh? Huh? How about the Willis haters? Where are they at? Um, but yeah, so I'm just saying, like, I think that Henry's definitely a guy you can trust. He looks massive. They did a 2-1-1 split in his backfield. Uh, I think that was more of conser- conservation of his legs, trying to mm-hmm. just kind of conserve him and, and keep him healthy. Keep him healthy. But I tell you what, Spears and Chestnut, you, you guys can see it in the, sp- in the preseason games. That was the same shit I saw at practice. It's electric once they get them to the outside. That's the big thing though, because the offensive is not good. Get these cats to the outside, and they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna pay off every single time. Um, and that's literally what I had wrote right now. get them outside, get them outside. Period. Um, The one note that I did have was they're going to run them more than just single backs. It's not just going to be Henry, it's not just going to be Spears, it's not just going to be Chestnut. Mm, Interesting. You're going to see some plays where Spears and Henry are in the backfield together. Is it going to be wishbone? Is it going to be dual? Is it going to be split in shotgun, split backfield? Whatever, you're going to see some plays that are goofy. And they're designed for spears
1: from 1912. <laughs> and they're designed,
2: but the, think about NAD, you, look at the team. <laughs> look, at the, look at the team we're talking about here. Like, <laughs> of course,
1: Bulls, get her done,
2: baby. What if I told you that some guy that's getting paid a lot of money was going to be a blocker? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this going to be an interesting offense. And I think they know that they have to be interesting to win because, again, the offensive line is going to be a struggle. It's going to come along though. It's young. There's some talent there, right? But it's hopkins right now burks is gonna be out for a little bit hopkins is about it at wide receiver um mason kinsey he didn't look bad mm-hmm. uh Oconquo. okonkwo that's the one Oconquo, uh when birch went out and they did uh three minute or two minute drill okonkwo got peppered so he reels up
1: for for Conquo potentially if burks is out
2: but he also like keeps getting dinged up. He got dinged up a couple of days before he came up to Minnesota. He got dinged up at Minnesota's practice, and then he got did he got hurt in that game or whatever a couple of days ago. Like he's yeah. gotten dinged up a few times, all lower body stuff. So as far as drafting him, I'm just not doing it because I talked about Hurst already. I have much more de- trust in Hurst, and I think Hurst mm-hmm. is actually cheaper. And of course, the, then you have like the Waller Hurst, and that's what I said earlier. But a Conkall, as far as seasonal goes, probably not going to do that. But as far as DFS goes, like if Burks isn't playing and you get kind of a sieve on defense, I'm going to love me playing play some Oconquil 100% uh, mm-hmm. in those situations. He's getting he's getting, getting peppered. Um yeah, and then of course Willis. We've seen everybody. We've seen Willis progress so far in the games, and that's exactly what I had written down in my notes from that practice. Was just improved. Uh, he's still a little shy on deep balls and inconsistent on the work wide downfield, but he's improved. Period. And we didn't see a lot of Levis. Uh, Answer no uh, Jared's but... other question. No, not a lot of Levis. Okay. So Burks. Was... I fucking okay. love Burks until that play. That play, I mean, a, that play was sick. But it was, yeah, it was right, right. Like generally you get a half step quicker that like this doesn't happen. The half step mm-hmm. quicker, he catches that thing and goes for the other 20 scores half step slower. He probably dives for that football, catches it and he just plop on the ground. Yeah. Right? But it was just like that perfect spot where he's like, should I dive? Should I run under it? It was like a hyper tension. Yeah. And I was like, golly, it was just right in that, you know, that you, you know, even when you're playing baseball, it's like dive. no,
1: Oh, of course, dude. of course. That's what When was. you have to make split-second decisions in athletics, sometimes you're just caught in the middle, and that could be the worst place to be, and that's yep. what sounds like is happened for Treylon. Uh Are you putting D-Hop as a bust? Because he's still going in the, you know top five, six rounds in redraft leagues. No, I trust him. I'm fine. So you're I'm okay with his offense because you're obviously in on to Henry. You I'm think f- Chig is going to have his weeks. You like Burks. You like uh, I think oh, Chig's going to have his
2: weeks. I think Henry's going to be fine at cost. I don't. Know if we're going to okay. get big dog. We're only going to get big dog late in the season. Like we, we've known this before. We're only going to get big dog if it's late in the season after this offensive line has grown a little bit. I mentioned that right. earlier. It's like if this offensive line can grow a little bit, we're going to get him. And I think the talent behind him is good enough where it's going to, it's going to, they're going to be able to salvage his legs early in the season. Like you're not going to get the mega games or you're, you're going to get fucked. You're going to get a six pointer out of Henry. You're going to get, get it one le- dud. You're going to yeah. get a dud or two. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. But then. The hope is that they're 500 going into the last six weeks. They're 500 going into the last six weeks. You know what time it is. It's big dog time. And that's when they lean on them and that's what they need. And this team might be just good enough if they can stay healthy, especially on defense. If they can stay healthy, that it can happen, especially. And and you got Hopkins outside. You got to respect him. Burks comes back from from the injury. Things Mm -hmm. like this. Like, I think there's definitely a, a world for this offense. Jacksonville would have to suck for them to make the playoffs, but yeah, there's a world for yeah. this offense to, to yeah. you know, to, to score fantasy points. Hopkins, you asked that question. Do I love him? No, I don't love him, but I'm fine with him because I respect the talent. I think that he's still a, a big target guy. He can still take a lot of work right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Has he lost a step? We're gonna know. we're gonna we're gonna know because yeah. He's and the does Uno. the Bay
1: City T ruin his uh, his potential? But as some people like JJ Zachary and others have done a little bit of research behind what RPO style offenses can produce, and it usually produces a target funnel to their wide receiver one. So if they are gonna go back to the Bay City T, the Wing City T, play football like black and white screens used to show. Maybe they kind of yep. do a little bit more of that run-pass options where they can kind of get the ball to DeAndre. And you saying that the talent might still be there, but we'll see what the age has produced for this this guy in this point of his career, but we'll find that out early on. Let's go talk about the Minnesota Vikings. I have a couple questions I want to ask you here. And Ryan in the chat actually is going to steal it right from my mouth here. Ryan C.S., is Chandler stealing touches from Alexander Madison? No. No. Talk about that backfield.
2: The practice that I went to, it was a 90-10 split at
1: running back. With the first team. So 90% Dwayne McBride? 90% Madison, 10% CJ Ham, the fullback. Yeah. So apparently, when Cody Carpentier is in town, these teams want to showcase their fullback talent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Nick Bodden, Nick Bodden, CJ Ham,
1: give it to us. us. Um,
2: No, so that's the weird thing. And like that could also be like just an aspect of how the Vikings are taking practice, but it was literally Cousins and the entirety of the first team and it was only Madison period second team it was uh what M- is Nick Mullins and it was oh, stri- Mullins, yeah. strictly Chandler third team was Jaron Hall strictly McBride that day Kenny and wongi wasn't there and it was like that we got little, we got like I think one or two carries with McBride with that second unit um but there was no carries for Tyler Ty Chandler with that first unit in place of Madison I think people this is gonna be one of the biggest trips that people make is this Madison thing it's like, oh, this guy can't take the load because we haven't seen it. It's like, yeah, but this is quintessentially exactly what we asked for. Like, oh, who are the two biggest handcuffs in fantasy football? 2021, Madison Pollard. 2022, Madison Pollard. Pollard. Okay, 2023, Pollard gets the job. Pollard's a top 10 running back in drafts. Hell yeah, bud. Madison gets the job. Nobody's behind him. Madison is the not a top 10 running back in drafts. Yes. What? Wait, what am okay. I missing? We're gonna What's chase Ty- here. We're gonna chase, we're gonna chase Ty Chandler. We're gonna chase Dwayne McBride, the guy that has uh more fumbles than receptions in college. Like this Madison's not as explosive as Delvin Cook, but Madison is good enough in this offense to be their cheaper Delvin Cook, which is exactly what he is. They're going for it. They still think they're a good football team. They're gonna try and win this year. Do I think they're a 10-win squad? I think they're exactly a 10-win squad. But I think Alexander Madison's a big part of that. And I don't think they're gonna be like, hey, let's roll out Ty Chandler because he's dog water in practice and he can play good in preseason football games. You following? He's I very follow good you. in preseason games, but he's very average in practice. And everybody knows that. And everybody's on the same page about that. That's when the Viking practices. And McBride is literally working with the third team right now. So if McBride takes that big jump, Congratulations to those that drafted him. But I'm just saying, I'm being honest with you. I'm keeping it 100. I don't think they're going to say, hey, Ty Chandler, do you want 40%? <laughs> right.
1: Like, You're I just talking don't think that that's going
2: to happen. Again, and again, I tweeted this out when I was at camp. I said, there's a reason that Kareem Hunt was here. There's a reason Mike Davis was here. They're not happy with Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride.
1: They keep bringing yeah that, that does make sense and if they're gonna give ten percent of first team reps to C J Ham whether that's just part of the today's script or that day's yeah, script I think that was I think that was more of a script thing but yeah I mean for sure like, but I mean you, you would think up, you'd yeah. want to give some reps to your young guys to see what you got and not ninety percent I'm not saying the ten percent of Ham that's the scripted part the rest and I'm saying you should it be eighty and give those other two guys some chance to, to really get no chance with the the first team does I think speak volumes and one thing I will say in terms of some of that the the hype that comes as we lead up to the season why i don't get again and i'm not hounding on the guy because a lot of very very trustworthy smart sharp people in this space are big and are excited about ty uh, about jalen warren but why would people be super excited about jalen warren and not alexander madison when madison's 20 pounds heavier and every bit as not athletic so if everyone's ready to roll up the red carpet in case Jalen Warren gets the keys of the castle, why aren't we more excited for Alexander Madison, who does have the keys, the 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 low jack, the CD player, the extra uh, CDs case in the back? They have everything that goes onto this vehicle. They got it all in Alexander Madison. He has this backfield. So can you explain that to me a little bit? I don't. I, I guess I, I maybe that's kind of where I'm at with those two players. I don't got anything, bro.
2: I, I got nothing. Like I, I don't know why. I get the thing with Warren, like because Najee's been been dinged up, and you know he's 3.9 yards per carry. But opportunity is going to be there. He's good out of the receiving game. He's explosive. The Madison thing, I just don't, I don't understand why people are hating so badly on him. Chandler's looked good in preseason the last two years.
1: He's looked good in the passing game, and I think that's where he could potentially pass pro as role. well. He looks good in pass pro. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, and that's and, good. And, that's good. That's good for him.
2: But I also haven't heard the same glowing comments about ty chandler and pass pro at practice like i have about roshan johnson at practice
1: well yeah that that bat signal is that's well in the sky that the roshan right? johnson so it's like if you're going to make
2: that big step it's like have you heard coming out of practice that ty chandler is 100 the best pass block pass protector in in the backfield he's 100 the most explosive receiving back in the backfield mm-hmm. no that's what I expect out of a team that has a running back on the roster that is going to climb that depth chart. People mm-hmm. are talking about Ty Channel like he's going to overtake Madison. Okay. You know what? Guarantee he's going to overtake some people? Roshan Johnson because he's got yeah. the size. He's got the speed. He's got the athleticism. He's got the pass pro dynamically. He's, he's got the receiving game dynamically. He's getting the hype, positive mm-hmm. hype from inside, from practice. It's not all about, you know, again, we see the guys that can play on game day, but if you can't practice, it's hard to work with you. It's hard to it's hard to progress you if you mm-hmm. can't put the two things together. You got to be good at both. You can't just be great at the game day because you can't pick up how the offense works. If you're just a who's the who's the documentary we just saw a couple weeks ago about the guy that didn't do Jack off the field, didn't practice much, didn't watch tape, but then on the field he had this tenacity and this explosiveness and this mentality. He could play. He was a baller. I'm not saying I'm not now again. I'm not calling.
1: No, he's not, not Johnny a, football. I'm not calling a spade a spade, <laughs> but what I'm saying is there are things to know. There are things, things to matter. We were cognizant of things matter. Absolutely. Uh r- One last thing I am going to ask you, because I think that the, the backfield is definitely one of the biggest uh kind of blurred lines, if you will, when it comes to this team. But over under, give me how many touchdowns is my boy, Kirk coe Cousins throwing because I'm telling people to target him in drafts. I'm planting my flag on him. I have been all about Kirk Cousins. So, Cody Carpentier, how many touchdown passes is he throwing in this offense?
2: Kirk Cousins, 17 games, passing touchdowns. We got Jordan Addison playing the whole season. Let's go. TJ Hawkinson playing the whole season. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson's there. Less uh Cook was a menace on the goal line. I think that's a big thing people are forgetting. Cook was a menace mm-hmm. on the goal line. His career best is 35. Let's go. I'll give you 42 and a half. I'll give you 42 and a half. That, everything's got to line up, though, I think. 42 and a half is a good number. Jeez,
1: what a sharp, sharp, sharp play right there because I think he has that upside. Uh, but Matt Stafford in his MVP, MVP-esque season with the Rams, who was uh, Kevin O'Connell, the offense corner that year, is now the head coach of Kirk Cousins. His high is 42 so to put it at 42 and a half, you're making that razor sharp. I'm going over. I love Kirk Cousins. Even if that's just for the brand, let's do it for the brand. Yeah, you're going
2: $60. What are you talking about? You're like no, I yes. said 50 I said my, my bold okay. takes. Okay, And
1: I'll get into some bold takes before the season kicks off. But my bold takes have been Kirk Cousins going for 50 and Patrick Mahomes going for 60 He's breaking that record. Oh, I should say 56 He's going to break the Peyton Manning record at touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, we're not getting the bold takes. We're talking about training camp, Cody. Sheesh. And I got to let Before I let you go, we've talked about a number of camps that you've seen in person. But what I want to show the planners and what I want people to take out of this conversation is they don't have to go to take advantage of the news and how to read it. So what I want to do is ask you a question about a camp that you haven't gone to. And I want you to break it down and kind of how you may have kind of show your work a little bit, too, so that our folks at home can do that for all the camps going around. There's some buzz out of Denver regarding their tight ends. People are, uh, you know, drafted Greg Dolchich like he's a second coming former third round pick. Should people be doing that or is he a bona fide bust in that Denver offense? So you haven't been there, but use what you've learned. Use what you've to give us your thoughts and how people can form these thoughts on their ne- on the next camp they want to look at. All right. I'm be getting, very smart. This with is, how I say this. I, I struck something here. He's excited. This
2: dude was a I love Greg Dolcich. All right. I met him at the senior bowl. Interviewed him, very smart, very intellectual. Went to UCLA. What do you think? Average over 16 yards per reception at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Dynamic, I think. But you got to remember, he was drafted by a different front regime, officer, different regime. Yep. And Sean Payton comes over, brings Adam Troutman. People are gonna hate this take because I hate it. Right? It makes me want to throw up. It's not really a take though. It's it's just buzz and things I've heard. Is that doll such is kind of getting pushed into like a tweener spot in Denver right now? They brought Troutman in, and Troutman's a really good run blocker. We saw that in New Orleans the last few years. Mm-hmm. That's why he was on the field. That's why he always got his opportunity to begin with. Juwan Johnson got that receiving work. Adam Troutman really cut his teeth when Nick Vanette got hurt in New Orleans. People have forget this. That's why Troutman got that, got that pop. Now he comes to Denver with Peyton, and he's that dude. He's a better run mm-hmm. blocker than Okwibunam. He's a better receiver than Okwibunam. He's probably a little smarter. He's got the offense already done. And he's a better run blocker than Dulcich because he's 20 pounds heavier. Right. The problem is, and again, these are just conversations and rumors. That again, this was also pre. This was pre Jerry Judy injury. Yep. But he was getting pushed into a tweener role. I I hope. I'm praying that there's now a spot for him. But he was getting pushed into a tweener role, and that he could potentially be on the move out of Denver because there because straight up there just isn't a spot for him because he, he can't play the exact role that fits in the Sean Payton offense. And that makes me want to, like I said, it, wants me to make me want to throw up, but I think it's just something we need to be open to and understanding of is like maybe a fresh start. Again, he's only 23 years old, but the Troutman helium is real. Let's just put it that way. We'll use okay. your term helium. We got to put helium in the show. One time, the yeah. Troutman helium is real when it comes to this offense and his opportunity He's going to play tight. He's going to be the tight end here because of his run blocking ability, they're going to want to run the ball. They want to run the ball a lot with Javante yeah. and Samaje, And now they're going to have to, because of some injuries, but yeah, man, Dulcich that, that, that would that's be, you're talking, about, you're talking about bold takes. Like if, if, if you want a bold take for me, that's going to be the bold take is that I think Dulcich people are going to be, it's going to be everyone loves every tight end. Like, I think like Ian Hart, <laughs> on a post other day. It was like the top 30 <laughs> tight ends. And every single one of them was like a positive thing about him. It's like, you know, 90% of this is going to not do shit. So, mm-hmm. Dalsich is just one. I'm I'm just not gonna be there because I've heard some things and I just that's my take. I I'm okay. I, I'm scared. I want to throw up. I want to go cry in my closet because <laughs> <laughs> I love Dalsich, dude. Like, come on, six three two forty five running a freaking whether you run a four six two or something.
1: He's an like, athletic guy. Got the flowing locks.
2: Got the flowing locks. Good dude. Dynamic. Like, yeah. So make a spot for him. That's all I'm asking. Make a spot for Greg Dalsich,
1: and he's not doing it. <laughs> Hey Greg Dolchich, Adam Troutman hype is real. And you came about that using, you know, your Twitter, your intuition and what you see. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, learn to not only find the people who are relaying this information, but learn how to sift through it so that you can make these decisions. So you're not caught out with your schmens in your hands, drafting Greg Dolchich above the ADP because you like the kid as a prospect. Cause like you said, Mo, numerous times, this episode, Cody you may love him, I may love him, the world may love him, but if his coaches do not, that is the truth that will ring true. Another truth that will always ring true is that you and me, we make magic together. It's been a fantastic episode. We, uh, you know, I love recording with you, so thank you so much for coming on The Game Plan. Before we let all these people go on this beautiful Saturday, where can they find you, where can they get all your stuff? Give them the socials, give them the whole spieliole.
2: Everybody knows the work is over at Twitter, at Carpenter NFL, but you got to go over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash executives. Me and Maddie are working on some shit and we're growing and we're working on a new show that's going to come out in the next uh, 10 days. So Patreon is going to be the place you're going to know what that show is, when that show is, what platform it's on, where to listen. Mm -hmm. And let's just say it's not going to be once a week. So let's put it that way. Patreon.com forward slash executives. We help you with the drafts. We help you with cheat sheets. We help you with dynasty. We help you with cornerstone rankings for the next two classes. Um, we do two shows a week, trade show with Tiger, the executives of whatever we want, fantasy, mm-hmm. training camp, dynasty, cornerstone, you name it. We're there talking about meat, talking about chicken, talking about us. square. <laughs> Find me there, patreon.com forward slash executives, and then everything else is at rosterwatch.com. And that's what the work is right now. We'll be on Sirius in about an hour. CSXM channel 87. So that's where
1: I'm at. Check that out, planners. And of course, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Keyboom. Articles, videos on demand here over at Player Profiler, PlayerProfile.com, Player Profile YouTube channel. And Cody covered it. We are doing big things over at the executives, patreon.com slash the executives. Let's get after it. Man, it's been a great show. I'm super excited that you are here today. So let's keep on game planning, my friends. And I'll talk to you next week. Peace.